0: This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly podcast, you will get the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, and baseball from HOL's Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Dan Hoppen, Nate Klaus, and Greg Peterson. Now, here's your host, HuskerOnline.com publisher, Sean Callahan.
1: And welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Uh, Sean Callahan here as we are getting you geared up for the NFL draft and um, shouldn't really be a very busy Thursday or Friday. You might have a guy drafted Friday, but uh, the way the draft is now, if you if you don't remember, first round is Thursday, uh, second and third rounds uh, go on Friday, and then the rest of the draft are on Saturday. You know, I missed Robin. I missed those days where you know it was uh, Saturday, Sunday. Where on that Saturday was rounds one through three? Was that what it used to be?
2: Uh, one through yeah three, and then four through seven the next day. It was awesome we would spend i would devote an entire saturday and sunday just grilling out uh you know having a few adult beverages and basically just spending the day in front of the tv uh watching my giants uh, fail to accumulate it was players. a great
1: way to get out of yard work and, and just being productive and you know it's a little, they still ha- they still give you saturday but uh, you don't get the first round yeah, on the, saturday and the
2: thursday night deal i mean a lot of people have to go to work the next day so like the whole holiday aspect of it is kind of ruined
1: and it's about what four hours dan the, the whole draft on thursday night i mean it takes a while for that first round it does i mean
3: it's usually at least three hours pushing three and a half i mean they give is i think it's 10 minutes for each Mm -hmm. pick and
2: then if you have a guy that runs it down or a team that runs it down all the way to the end of the clock and makes a trade is it 10 minutes yeah holy cow
3: yeah Yeah, i mean these are important selections though like you want your team to be able to have the full time to make trades or explore those possibilities and stuff it's uh it's an exciting time. I, Yeah, like you guys are talking about, the old format's better, but I still like this. I lo- I'm one of those draft nerds. I like the draft.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. As, uh, we're, we're talking some NFL draft, and, and Nebraska has probably four guys that you want to keep tabs on this week. Uh, two defensive tackles, Malik Collins, Vincent Valentine, an offensive tackle, Alex Lewis, and then the wild card would be Andy Janovich at fullback. And uh, I think maybe the most surprising development to me – um, has been Alex Lewis. I mean, the fact that you're now seeing Robin, his name being mentioned um, as the first Husker that could go in this thing.
2: I don't think there was ever a question that he was going to be an NFL player and a likely draft pick. But I think the jump that he's made since the the bowl game, you know, on through the entire you know draft process to now. Uh, Like you said, it's been probably one of the biggest surprises as far as Nebraska is concerned. I mean, this is a guy that I think most people projected as anywhere from a fifth to sixth rounder. And now you're hearing four, maybe even third round, uh, depending on, you know, how highly certain teams think of him. I was, you know, I've written a couple, uh, you know, draft pieces, you know, for the site and doing some research. And I saw one anonymous NFL scout called him the sleeper at the tackle position in this draft class. Uh, I think they love his his just NFL body. You know the fact that you know his dad played several years in the NFL. He's kind of got that pedigree to him. Started twenty six straight games for a Big Ten conference school. I mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons why you can see teams high on him, but at the same time I think what's surprising is uh, you know, for a lot of Nebraska fans that watched him, you know, I think some of the, you know, the the penalties, the mental mistakes that he made on the field, and then all the stuff that comes along with him off the
3: field, uh seems like a lot of red flags for him to be gaining so much hype. And the weird thing for me is that so many teams seem to like him at tackle. Yeah. He seemed to me like a guy who projected to be a guard at the next level um, I don't. I just don't know. Are his feet quick enough <laughs> to handle yeah. NFL defensive ends? To me, it doesn't seem like it. But there are a lot smarter football people than me that seem to think he can handle that position. Well, so
1: I guess you know we'll see. How about you? Let's bring Nate Klaus now into the conversation. What are your thoughts on just this debate on on Husker draft prospects? Could Alex Lewis maybe go over Malik Collins?
4: Well, it is very interesting to see the, his rise and kind of the popularity that he's gained. And I kind of agree with Dan. I, you know, I, I, at first I feel like a lot of people were talking about him maybe being an offensive guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely not a tackle. But uh, but now he's been what I think. Mick has him as number seven offensive tackle overall.
3: Um, number nine, I think, okay. and the number ninety-three overall prospect.
4: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I don't know if he had a, a tremendous. Um, you know, workout like a, uh, a private workout he down for about 12 teams. Yeah. I, heard.
3: I think he did well at the senior bowl too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He
4: did have, a, I know he had a good week at the senior bowl. Shrine bowl. Um, I yeah. don't think
1: he played in the senior bowl. Okay. Yeah.
4: You're right. Shrine. Uh, yeah. If he is a tackle, he's definitely a right tackle on that. If I don't know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. not, a, he's not a left tackle, uh, but you know, I don't know. He must have. He must have impressed a lot of people, and there's a, quite a buzz about him right now. We'll see what You're
1: happens. You're listening to the Husker Online show uh, as we talk draft stuff, and I, I think a lot of us maybe just are a little soured uh, because the way it went this year with Alex. I mean, we, we witnessed some things at Miami and, and Illinois that not everyone got to see, and you know, and he said some things to reporters. That upset a lot of reporters as he walked by us multiple times this year and um, you know if you take away that stuff and and some of the mental penalties he really did have a solid year I mean you didn't notice him ever really just getting abused in games and he was always consistent um, with his play other than those penalties and and some of the off-field things that uh, that we dealt with
2: well and the off the field stuff you know on the surface as far as what happened this year doesn't seem that big of a deal I mean guys get mad on social media you know they say things to to fans and all that stuff but when you add them on top of uh the stuff that was already there before like the colorado incident. yeah before even set foot on campus here uh you know i think that there's reason for concern about you know the way he's able to control his temper and uh, you know this it, the nfl is a league where you know they're not gonna sit there and babysit you you know especially if you're a mid-round draft pick mm-hmm. so uh, i'm that's probably the biggest reason why i'm so surprised by you know how highly teams think of him just because there
3: are so many other issues that come along
2: with a guy like alex
3: lewis he doesn't seem like a guy who would interview really well and shoot up draft boards because he's interviewing with teams
1: all right let's move the discussion on Um, malik collins vincent valentine uh first you know it's interesting collins has slid but um there's also a lot of talk about Valentine maybe going undrafted which yeah. holy cow if that were to play out that way um you know it's just going to make his decision to come out really look even more questionable.
3: Well it's really unfortunate for both these guys. I know there were a lot of mock drafts that you know were going on during the season which obviously was very early in the process but they had Malik as a first rounder. Mm-hmm. Now it's You know, questionable whether he'll even go in the first three rounds. I think it's unfortunate for each of these guys that defensive tackle is such a deep position in this draft because it bumps them both down a little bit.
2: Yeah, as far as Malik, you know, obviously the numbers he put up, the the drop in production, I think really hurt him uh, as he was adjusting to this new defensive scheme. But uh, you know, I remember during bowl practices, you know, talking with Mark Banker about when this, you know, before he'd officially made his uh, decision. And Banker said, you know, you you take those stats for what they're worth, but if you actually sit and watch the film, this guy was being double and sometimes even triple teamed on every play. They were asking him to do something completely different than what he had done his previous. The two Illinois years. game, where well, he was unbelievable. I know that mm-hmm. Illinois game. In fact, there's one play that I think embodies everything that Malik Collins is about, and it's the very last play of the first half of that game when Nebraska did that confusing onside kick uh, that got Illinois the ball at midfield and they just ran a draw play around the, the left side and the running back took it almost to the house but Malik Collins chased him down from 50 yards away to make a touchdown saving tackle on that play and when you get that type of effort out of your defensive tackle uh, with that and athleticism I mean that says everything you need to know about what type of player he is
1: and he had a good bowl game too um, when you look at him. he it. did Let's talk before we get uh, wrap things up here, Nate Klaus. I want your thoughts on Andy Janovic. Do you think he gets drafted, or is he a high priority free agent guy?
4: I think he's a high priority free agent guy. I'll be I'll be surprised. I mean, it wouldn't be. Unheard of if he were to get drafted, but I think in Andy's case, uh, it'd probably be his is in his best interest to be a high priority uh, undrafted free agent. I think once you get that late in the in the draft, you'd like to control your own future and, and be able to to take a minute and sit back and look at what your options are and find the very best fit for you.
2: Yeah, and what's interesting in the history of Nebraska football. Only 24 players that came to Nebraska as walk-ons have been drafted, so uh, that's a pretty good list. I mean, you got guys like John Perella, Adam True, Spencer Long, Sam Cook, Spencer Long, Scott Shanley, Jimmy Williams, Joel Macavica. Uh, so I mean, a long line uh, of you know pretty productive players that uh, Andy's trying to follow in their footsteps, but. When we talked to him, you know, back during pro day and even, you know, before this, you know, combine process went down, you know, he, he said uh, he's preparing himself that this, there's a, a situation where he might not get drafted, but he's such a versatile guy, especially as a special teams player. I have no doubt he'll find a roster. Oh,
1: okay. Before we wrap up this opening segment, we do have one announcement here uh, that Dan Hoppen is going to make. And it's some sad news here for all of us, Dan, I'll let you take the mic here.
3: Yeah. It's a, it's a really bittersweet day, Sean. Um, I, uh, I recently accepted a job at Huddle, so I am going to be moving on. This is my last Husker Online podcast. Uh, Saturday's baseball game will be my last game that I'll be – or my last article, I guess, that I'll be writing for Husker Online. So I am really excited about this new opportunity. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. But I'm really sad to be leaving you guys. I mean – no one has better Husker coverage out there, and no one is just more fun to work with than Sean, Nate, Greg, Robin, uh, Mike. This is an incredible crew, and I'm just so thankful for the four years that I had here. It's It's been
1: quite a ride. Well, Dan, yeah, we've been blessed to have you, and I know Robin and I are going to miss your your food takes on the road <laughs> and, and um – Everything that you've brought to the table—I mean, your, your by-the-numbers work um, has been outstanding. Uh, nobody in the market did that. We we brought out the uh, stat ch- or the stat checks the, the wide receiver. Uh, uh, the, the target targets, the target yeah. charts Rob and I are already talking like we're gonna have to keep up the, yeah, the target chart for you this fall <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll have you watch games from Huddle and and, and do it for us or something
3: uh, yeah I'd,
2: I'd be happy to we have a big hole to fill not only in production uh, as far as you know content but uh, our Friday nights on, on road game road trips <laughs> are really gonna have a, you know a big hole there
4: Definitely going to miss you, Dan, and everything that you brought to this site, um, and all the you know the different perspective um, that you were able to to give everyone out there.
3: And I, I want to thank you, Sean, just for taking a chance on me. I mean, I was just when you hired me, I was just some nobody coming out of college, <laughs> just a you know twenty-two year old kid didn't know what he was doing, and and I've just learned so much in these in these four years. I I can't thank you enough.
1: Well, Dan, we're gonna miss you and. um hopefully we still get a chance to see you a lot and you'll be in Lincoln still. So, uh, we'll definitely keep track of things with you at huddle and, and, and hopefully everything will go smoothly with the transition. Fingers crossed. All right. When we come back here on the show, we're going to talk some Husker basketball with Robin Wachett, uh, Nebraska, still trying to fill some scholarship spots. Uh, we'll get Robin's take on where things are at. And are, is there any movement on potentially a new assistant coach? That's all next year. You're listening to the Husker online show.
0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And welcome back here to the Husker Online show as uh, we shift the conversation over to Husker basketball. It is the live period right now in AAU world, so lots of recruiting going on um, uh, with teams here over this month of April. And uh, for Nebraska, there's a couple of storylines. Number one, Robin, they have how many spots? Two or three? Three. Three. And is it real? I mean, they're not going to get all three filled with quality. They can't really get... Three. Oh, sure you can. If you get transfers, Tr- uh, trance transfers, but like with high
2: school, no, no no, JUCO no, no, guys. I there, mean. There's really one remaining high school 2016
1: kid on the radar, and just happens to be visiting this weekend. Yeah, the balancing of just basketball recruiting and numbers, it, it, it would just drive me nuts because there's just yeah. so much turnover that kind of falls back to the AAU basketball world and how oh, yeah. kids leave teams oh, yeah. and go uh, from team to team.
2: Yeah, and it, it's an epidemic right now. I mean, we've talked about it you know, before, but last year's transfer list was 750-some names. This year's list is already over 500 names, and it's just kind of the way things are that, you know, if – just because you get a kid in one class doesn't mean he's going to be there for the next year. I mean, it's just kind of, the, you know, the, the, the cycle uh, in which kids are in and out of, you know, like you said, AAU teams, high schools, prep schools, and then that carries over on into college. Uh, it really kind of adds a, a, a different, difficult hurdle for college coaches to, to keep their rosters at a secure spot.
1: You know, you look at things right now, too, and it's just kind of this uneasiness, kind of awkward time for Tim Miles in this program Uh, Number one, I mean, I I think I guarantee you get this question. When's Miles going to get a big man? Yes. And and, I mean, if you're at Prairie Life, some random guy goes hey when's miles getting a big man i mean they have to get a big man i mean i don't understand it they need to find quality big play if this program's going to take the next step yeah
2: i mean it essentially goes without saying at this point i mean it's something we've been talking about for literally the last four years now you know why can't tim miles sign a a quality big that can come in and compete at the big 10 level and uh they've gotten Quote unquote bigs, you know, and guys like Jake Hammond and Sergey Vucic, and, uh, you know, the, the the stars they brought in in years past, but obviously none of them have panned out. And now they're left with no player on scholarship or even on the roster taller than six foot eight. And so uh, clearly that, that is the number one thing that is going to define next season, which is a pretty uh, kind of critical season for Tim Miles. I mean, you're talking about four years one productive season. And that was because of a magical run late in the year. Uh, you got to start showing some results because the, the the athletic department, the university, and, and the city of Lincoln really invested a lot of money into this basketball program. And they're
1: program. still sell, sold out.
2: I know. And so at some point you got to get a return on that. And so I think Tim Miles is very well aware of that. Uh, and like you said, it, it's kind of a high pressure season right now because not only is he <laughs> trying to fill three scholarships and get that you know coveted big man, but he's got a coaching vacancy to fill yet again uh and so it's it's really kind of a a a stressful time right now for for Tim Miles in Nebraska basketball
1: yeah let's go down that road I mean with this coaching vacancy as we talk Nebraska basketball with Robin Washett this has kind of been the musical chair spot on the staff Um, they've had some turnover um, now the last couple years just trying to keep that final assistant spot Uh, what direction are they going I mean do you think Maybe Miles' situation with the program has scared off some people uh, because some guys know that, you know, it's going to be a tall task without a big man and uh, where they're at right now in the Big Ten.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that scares you off, especially, you know, when you consider coaches uh, like players aren't exactly with programs for the long haul for the most part anymore. And so I, I don't... You know, I don't think that that's really that big of a concern, especially for, you know, the quote unquote young up and comer that uh, everybody is clamoring for that's going to be able to make an impact on the recruiting front. So uh, I don't think that's an issue, especially with how well Nebraska plays and the opportunity to coach in the Big Ten. That's a pretty good resume pattern. So uh, what Nebraska is looking for with this spot, I think clearly goes, you know, without even saying they need a recruiter. They need someone that can come in and make an immediate impact on the recruiting front to get Nebraska in the door with you know top level players. And so I think that there's areas that they want to focus on. They want Chicago. They want you know Minnesota. Uh, they want Kansas City. You know the the quote unquote kind of 500 uh, mile radius that, that Nebraska has is done De- well. Is
1: Denver an area they try to hit up? Uh, they should. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of competition, right?
2: There's not as many players as there are with those other areas. But I mean, I think that's a a kind of fertile ground that Nebraska could have success. But uh, so I mean, there's a lot of different routes they can go. But you got to get someone with big city recruiting connections that can come in. And like I said, uh, make an immediate impact. And so, uh, you know, you're not worried about, uh, you know, uh, if you bring in a guy that's going to leave right away, because right now you got to coach for the here and now, uh, like I said, time is kind of not on Tim miles side right now. They, they need to do something. They need to do it quickly. Uh, he said publicly, he wants to make this higher by the end of the, the university semester, which is, you know, what, May six, May seventh, something like that. Uh, so that's the ideal deadline. Uh, it might go a little bit longer than that, but um, I would certainly expect something you know done by the end of May, just because you want to have a guy in place uh, and get him because kind of feet you know settled in the ground before the July recruiting period. They've already had to go the first two live evaluation periods in April without. A full-time assistant so they've been shorthanded for you know a pretty important month that's really the kickstart to the AAU season but there's no question you have to have a guy uh, in place by July because that's when guys are starting to cut down their lists and make official visits and uh, really start to get serious about the schools they want to go to
1: before we wrap it up here with Robin Washed, a couple in-state guys Nebraska's already offered Ed Chang and then they have the commit from a rope are there any 2017-18 in-state names i'm gonna throw one name out there isaiah Poorbear chandler at omaha central six foot nine center um that had a very good junior season is he a name to watch knowing nebraska doesn't have any players of his size he's located right in the in-state here are there any other names that you'd want to keep tabs on
2: yeah isaiah is certainly on the radar Uh, in fact this past summer he was in lincoln for the the tim miles Uh, elite 50 camp where they bring in you know 50 or so of the top players from the state and uh, surrounding region and and so they're well aware of him they've worked him out seen him in person several times uh but i i think with him uh the deal is he he's got a you know show that he can be that dominant big i mean just because he, there's he's such a unique uh size and skill set that you know he should be you know dominating a little bit more than he has been so i think they they're kind of on a wait and see situation with him um you know and then there, there are other uh you know intriguing prospects um uh, around the state um, i'm trying to th- think of them right now uh, who, the kid from uh, west side Anthony Bratton. Yes, Anthony Bratton. I know that he's on their radar. Uh,
1: so they I mean, just don't have guys like that on the team, and it doesn't seem like they're getting guys like that in recruiting. So when you've got quality right. six eight six nine guys in the backyard, um, you know those are the modern day Bruce Chubbucks, Andy Murkowski's, mm-hmm. Terrence Badgets that Nebraska won a lot of games with. So you hope someday some of these guys could can maybe be good enough to get Nebraska offers.
2: I know a lot of people have been arguing about that, but in previous situations, you know, there have been other factors involved, whether it be grades or, um, you know, maybe sometimes they weren't really high on on a character issue.
1: And you can't compare these guys to those kids. I I, I I just don't think that's
2: fair. I I don't think it's fair either, but that's, I think, a reality in that situation. I think there's a stigma involved with, you know, players from certain areas in the state that, you know, that they're kind of leery of them. And so unless you get a guy like, 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 an Aguoka rope, who, you know, is, you know, clearly Our Mike Gazelle, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, there are players out there that I think are legitimate in state prospects, but, um, right now I think, you know, right. Ed Chang is kind of the only legitimate guy that is worthy of at least getting a Nebraska offer.
1: And he's a four-star type, no doubt, one to, that we'll be talking about for a long time to come. When we come back here on the Husker Online Show, uh, we'll get Dan Hoppen back into the conversation as we'll talk some Nebraska baseball as the Huskers won a big game against
0: Kansas at Kauffman Stadium. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online show as
1: we're going to talk some Husker baseball now. Nebraska baseball uh, had one game rained out this week, uh, but it will be rescheduled. Nebraska Creighton was scheduled for TD Ameritrade. Uh, Park on Tuesday. That was the rubber game uh, because of the the storms. Though throughout Omaha, that game will now be played Tuesday, May seventeenth. That may end up being a better deal uh, anyway because the weather should be pretty nice. You would hope by uh, mid May, late May, and it's kind of a tune up game for Nebraska, who will be playing in uh, about eight days later at TD Ameritrade Park. Now, Nebraska did get a win Wednesday uh, over Kansas. And Kauffman Stadium, it was 3-1, to one. not a huge crowd. You have to think maybe the the thunderstorm cells all around the Midwest maybe played a factor about 2,500 in attendance, Dan, as we bring Dan Hoppen back. But uh, first of all, what were your thoughts of Nebraska doing this game down in Kauffman Stadium and, and taking on Kansas? Well, I think it's a no-brainer
3: if you're in Nebraska. If you get an opportunity to do something cool like this, you know, you you take full advantage of it. I'm sure the players were totally juiced before the game, Nebraska's got a couple kids from Kansas. So especially, I think they were pretty excited to be able to play in Kauffman Stadium. You know, you mentioned the attendance, it wasn't great. I do think it would have been better. Um, if the weather were not an issue, and I think the weather scared a lot of people away because it was kind of raining off and on all day, the forecast called for some potential thunderstorms. But this is something, I don't know if Nebraska has any plans to pursue things like this in the future or, or what the future looks like on that front. But if they get the opportunity to do it again, I think they'd take it.
1: Yeah, I'd love to know, Dan, what all goes into that. If Nebraska or Kansas had to split the facility rental fee um, you know there's there's obviously parking did did the K charge people to park they,
3: they did not parking was free
1: because usually when you go to a Royals game it's about 20 bucks to park mm-hmm. so, you know and tickets for a college baseball game are about six or eight bucks so uh, you know there were a lot of things I was curious about how that win and Uh, No doubt a a big win for Nebraska. Uh, They got a a good pitching performance, Dan, out out of Max Knutson down there.
3: I think the best outing of Max Knutson's career. He went five and a third, which um, is his longest outing of his career. Only gave up one run. Only walked two guys. Walks are a major issue with him, but he had good control last night. And again, Kansas is not a good team. That's a bad baseball team. But still, you got to beat who's on the schedule. And Max came in and submitted a great performance. Maybe he's starting to figure it out. Because his last couple outings have been some of his best of the season.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Dan Hoppin, as uh, we put a wrap here on Nebraska baseballs a week, and uh, they'll go on the road. They flew right out of Kansas City uh, to go to Rutgers. But let's first talk about um, this past weekend. You know, Nebraska was on this bad losing streak where uh, they lost to Creighton, they lost the, the Sunday game against Northwestern, and then they were swept at Michigan. So they lost five in a row. Uh, but they've now won. Three out of their last four. Now, granted, uh, excuse me, four out of their last five um, Mm -hmm. uh, when you count the two Kansas schools and then taking the series over Nichols State. Not great competition, but sometimes, Dan, in baseball, it's just about getting into a groove, and and you hope maybe Nebraska has gotten back into a groove uh, as they get back into the conference play.
3: Well, the funny thing is, I mean, you know, for most of the season, we've been talking about how great the hitting has been and how the pitching has been slumping. Well, the pitching has actually been really good lately, and. Three of their last four games, Nebraska's gotten a really good start uh, from its starting pitcher, but the the hitting just hasn't been there, And, and you look at that Kansas game, Nebraska only had five hits, you know, the Jayhawks were basically trying to gift wrap runs for Nebraska, they were walking everyone, they were throwing wild pitches, they were hitting batters, and Nebraska only scored three runs, so, you know, the the pitching has started to come around, but that offense needs to kind of find itself again and, and figure itself out.
1: Was Nickel State? I mean, were they just a below average team? And yeah, even, they're bad. They're, I mean, they're not even in the mid in the middle of their conference. Probably they're kind of a bottom. No,
3: they're the last I checked. They're seven or eight games under five hundred.
1: God, that's just such a weird series um, to to do. To do. I mean, I you know I, I get it. You had to get someone on the schedule, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I'm guessing they just had to, with the way the Big Ten is with these odd schedules, you have to have a game, a series like that. And it's pretty hard to find somebody available in the middle of conference season.
3: Exactly. And I think that's what it came down to. They just needed to find somebody because the Big Ten, with Wisconsin not having baseball, has 13 teams. So everybody kind of has like, you know, that bye week in the middle of conference season where you just got to scramble and find another team. For Nebraska, that ended up being Nichols State. I'm sure Darren uh, Erstad would have liked it to have been someone a little bit stronger, but, you know, you just got to take the the hand that you're dealt.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Dan Hoppen, as uh, we're getting you ready for Nebraska baseball. The Huskers now will go out to Rutgers, Dan, and this is kind of a unique series. I, I don't believe Nebraska's been out there before um this is you know a long long trip uh playing a team of players they're probably not familiar with Mm -hmm. um just a you know a team that's in the big 10 we said this when we went out there in the fall it's like this is a big 10 game but it doesn't really feel like a big 10 game and i'm sure this is kind of one of those other things like man we're a long ways away from the days of playing big 12 baseball and and this does not really feel like a big 10 type series
3: no it doesn't and uh but, but this is one of those where Nebraska is going to have to come out and be strong again. You know, Rutgers is basically a 500 team. They're not really all that good. So, you know, this is one of those where if you're Nebraska and you want to be a postseason team, you got to come out and take two or three or sweep it. That's what it comes down to.
1: And uh, both uh, the games are all day games, two o'clock, yeah, n- kind of weird, and 11. Um, so you, you wonder if there's lighting issues there or, or, or what um, that would cause them to. You know, not not want to play night games, especially on a Friday night. But um, you'd have to expect it's not going to be a huge crowd. No, 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 no. What, what do you do with the pitching? I mean, one thing, too, that jumps out to me, Dan, Nebraska does not have any midweek games to really worry about. Um, they go from Sunday, then it's finals week in Nebraska, or dead week or whatever. The, 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 the Nebraska won't play again till Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have... Uh, a full week where they can be pretty aggressive with how they pitch guys and and do things maybe this weekend.
3: Yeah, I I think we'll probably see Nebraska do exactly what they did last week. They went Derek Burkhamper on Friday, Jake McSteen, and then Jake Myers on Sunday. Um, So, yeah, like you said, you can be aggressive with the bullpen. You can throw some of those guys two times this weekend if you want to. Um, They were saying on the radio broadcast last night that Matt Waldron – Who's been out the last couple of weeks with a sore shoulder? He could be back, not in a starting role, but maybe in a bullpen uh type of capacity. So it's all hands on deck. You don't have to save anybody for any midweek games. So throw them out there.
1: Three game series this weekend. Uh, two o'clock, noon, and eleven. And before we go, if you didn't hear earlier in the show, this will be Dan Hoppins last week here uh with Husker Online. Dan, we want to thank you again for uh, the four plus years you've been here on the team and. And uh, we're going to miss your coverage with football, baseball, and everything you've done here.
3: It's my absolute pleasure. I just thank you guys for putting up with me.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to miss your uh, your food your, your food takes on the road. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you'll still give us food takes. But I'll do my best. Uh, all right. Well, we come back on the show. Uh, Nate Klaus will join me as we'll give more thoughts on this satellite camp issue and where things might be. And we'll also talk some recruiting. That's all next year. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And Welcome back here to the
1: Husker Online show. Sean Callahan now and Nate Klaus says we're going to talk recruiting here in the final two segments. And uh, I wanted to start things off, Nate, uh, with this discussion that I feel like has been going on for months about satellite camps. Now, um, as, as you know, we went last year and, and covered the events for Nebraska. Michigan had theirs. These have been going on for a long time. NCAA um, and their committee uh, held a special executive session and, um, you know, decided to get rid of these things. And it, it just caused a firestorm. Now you hear things like the U.S. Department of Justice is getting involved and um, trying to, you know, see if it's really fair to get rid of these things because of the opportunities um, it's taking away from kids. Um, and then the, the story leaks about UCLA's athletic director, Dan Guerrero, voting against the satellite camps, which is a huge deal because the Pac-12 vote was worth two points in the grand scheme of how the voting worked. Power five leagues get uh, two points, uh, group of five leagues get one point, and uh, he voted against the entire conference's wishes. Um, So it's led a lot of controversy uh, where there's some talk that these things might come back this year
4: yeah that's what it sounds like and and it could happen as soon as thursday or friday um, there are meetings taking place and they're reevaluating the decision and and there could be a reversal uh, of that uh, decision that took place about a month ago to to go ahead and cancel them immediately and i mean the whole thing is it it has been a firestorm and and when you look at it um, i think it you know, on on face value, it was kind of a knee jerk reaction, and I think that there, the way some people voted, it, it did seem like there maybe was some politicking that was taking place behind closed doors, and and you know, for I don't know, it doesn't make any sense why Guerrero would vote against eleven like other coaches. Eleven other coaches in your own conference. Uh, to get rid of these camps when, when those guys wanted them. It, I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of fishy. And, um, you yeah, at the core, I, I do think that you're taking away an opportunity from kids. You're taking away an opportunity for coaches to recruit as well. Uh, but at the, at the core, yeah, you're hurting a lot of these, these kids. And I'll be surprised if it's not reversed just based off of the backlash that's, you know, taking place since that decision came down.
1: And I'm sure you could say it's hardball, um, that caused a lot of this and, and uh, uh, made UCLA's athletic record go that way. But I'm going to throw a few other guys out there. Darnay Holmes, Tristan Jebbia, Keyshawn Johnson Jr., Tayshawn Lindsay. The fact that all of those top LA, uh, California recruits are going to maybe go into the Big Ten to teams like Nebraska, potentially, uh, that have satellite camps in Los Angeles that's probably another reason why UCLA voted against these things
4: well absolutely it is there's teams who are coming into California coming into UCLA's backyard and having a lot of success and most definitely Nebraska is is one of those teams and you know and it's kind of started with the bowl game you know the way that Nebraska took care of business against UCLA and now they're t- they're starting to take care of business on the recruiting trail um, you had one at UCLA's you know football commitments on campus for the spring game uh, they've taken a couple other targets already they're sitting very well with a handful of other guys so yeah nebraska's kind of maybe stirred the pot a little bit against ucla i think jim harbaugh is the one who stirred the pot nationally with the, all this uh, satellite camp talk though i mean this is something that's been going on for a long time but harbaugh kind of turned it into a circus and i think really kind of wrestled a lot of jimmies out there with with the the scc and the acc and and then those uh Conferences maybe got a couple other conferences to join them in um, in the Pac-12 and in the Big 12 too. People
1: are just scared of Harbaugh. I mean, I, I think he's intimidating to a lot of people because they know he's good and he's never had a bad. I mean, the guy won at the non-scholarship Division One level when he was the coach of San Diego, mm-hmm. and he's obviously won everywhere. Um, so I, I just think he brings an intimidation factor and. In, um, you're not going to beat him in any kind of trash talking type of deal. He's going to win that. And um, I, I just think people are trying to shut him down before he gets any bigger.
4: Exactly. I mean, he's pretty brazen and figure. I mean, he'll, he's not afraid to, to go right in your face and tell you what he thinks. The Gene and, Smith deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he will speak his mind and, and uh, to your face and, and not back down. I mean, he'll sit there and, and wait for a response because that's what he wants. He wants high
1: profile, rich people in, very awkward situations. Mm-hmm. They're not used to being put in.
4: Yeah, he's not afraid to put anybody on blast. And um, and maybe, you know, he's not afraid to make himself look kind of bad in, in doing it either. He doesn't care what you think. He's going to do what he wants to do. And I, I think that has, uh, you know, maybe uh, made some other programs, athletic directors, whatever, uh, uncomfortable. And, and we're kind of seeing, you know, some teams try to shut him down.
1: And you're listening here to the Husker Online show, and speaking of uh, Twitter and kind of getting things going a little bit this week on social media. This past week, uh, Nebraska's wide receivers coach, Keith Williams, you know, he does what he does. He makes all these tweets um, about wide receivers for life, Savage and Dr. Route. I mean, that's his kind of MO that he's developed on social media. Um, But indirectly, Ohio State's wide receivers coach, what's his name? Um, Zach Smith. Zach Smith um, made a lot of tweets that if you kind of connected the dots, he was referring to Keith Williams. Now, he denies that. Um, because you know, he, he was getting ripped apart on it on Twitter. Maybe he wasn't talking about Keith Williams, but I think most people believe he was. What was your take on that whole deal uh, when you have Ohio State's coach at receivers, um, you know, kind of coming out and, and just going on a Twitter barrage about things?
4: Well, first of all, it's not the first time that Zach Smith has done this. He He's uh, not been shy about calling out other coaches indirectly, you know, kind of subtweeting other coaches and, and making his um, thoughts known out there in the public. So, it didn't surprise me that it came from from Zach Smith necessarily but i i think it, you know at the end of the day it's a good problem for nebraska to have i think this is proof that what Nebraska is doing right now is making some other people feel uncomfortable when you have the wide receiver coach at Ohio State feeling, you know, basically insecure about about what's taking place at Nebraska and how another a coach that, that coaches the same position he does is handling his business. Um, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. You know, Keith Williams he's always been a promoter he he's he's uh he's got a lot of energy he's got a a big time personality and now that he's at Nebraska he has a platform to to really spread his message and and kind of be noticed a lot more than he ever has before and and he's recruiting at an extremely high level right now he's got two big time wide receivers already committed he's got about you know five to six other big time wide receivers including you know high level four and five star prospects that are, um, really considering nebraska and i think one of those guys is tyjon lindsey the rivals 100 wide receiver out of corona centennial high school he's a number five wide out in the country and the other one of the other schools that he's really considering is ohio state right now and, and you know tyjon lindsey was on campus for the spring game he really enjoyed that visit and i think that he had a, a discussion with zach smith at ohio state and probably told him hey look Nebraska is one of those schools that I really like right now. And and I think that did not sit very well with Zach Smith.
1: It's funny. You think about Keith Williams. I mean, I I compare it to – he was like a band that played in dive bars for years. How the hell was this guy kept under wraps for this long? And now he's getting a big stage to play on. And people are realizing what he can bring to the table. And um, Mike Riley looks genius, you know, hiring a guy that he didn't even know. But I I don't know who the recommendation – Uh, who made that recommendation to hire Keith was because uh, I don't know if it was Pat Hill, uh, is my it was guess. Pat Hill. Uh, but how the heck Keith Williams stayed this far under wraps at places like Tulane and Fresno and, and lower-level lower jobs for this, that long, when you see what he's doing now, it, it amazes me.
4: Yeah, it, 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 it's unbelievable that a guy like Keith Williams was at Fresno State and San Jose, San Jose State and, and Tulane for as long as he was. And he put out pros. And he put out so many pros. You look at his resume. His resume is as good as anybody in the country, regardless of what school or what level you're coaching at it. So, yeah, this was a dynamite hire by Mike Riley, and and it's really – people are really noticed and are taking notice of it now. And, and I think that uh, it was smart for them to, to go ahead and wrap, keep or not wrap him up, but really take care of him uh, by increasing his pay. And, and I mean, the guy is earning it. Bottom line is he is earning it.
1: And speaking of potential dynamite hires, Nebraska's defensive line coach, John Perella, may be about to snag in his first commit. Uh, we'll get Nate Klaus's take on that next. You're listening to the
0: Oscar Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the show as we talk some more recruiting with Nate Klaus. As Nebraska
1: Nate on the verge of potentially here getting another commit, this time from a position of need. Uh, defensive tackle DeAndre Thomas uh, out of Oklahoma. And I think what's intriguing about this is you got John Perella getting his first commit potentially, and you beat Michigan head-to-head and Jim Harbaugh.
4: Yeah, some big-time news could be coming uh, Nebraska's way this weekend. And, and a big recruiting victory for John Perella. You know, that, that was one of the bigger questions surrounding the hires. Okay, uh, we know who John Perella is. Obviously, he knows what Nebraska is all about and has played the position. But can he recruit? Can he land? Um, you know, can he win those big recruiting battles? Well, DeAndre Thomas is scheduled to make his uh, commitment this coming Saturday And uh, he's down to Nebraska and Michigan. And I think right now all signs are pointing to him uh, picking the Huskers.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk recruiting. And you look at the defensive line class this year. And, you know, a year ago, Nebraska did not take any defensive tackles, Nate, any. And they lose four from last year's team, which that doesn't really match up when you you look at the numbers. But, you know, two of those you weren't expecting to be gone, Kevin Williams and Greg McMullen. Um, But you look at the numbers now for Nebraska, um, for sure five defensive linemen maybe even six in this class
4: yeah for sure five and I and I think that uh, you're, you'll take three defensive tackles and, and one of those guys will probably be a junior college uh, defensive tackle if, if you can make it work and you find the right guy and and then add two defensive ends at least uh, to the class I think in an ideal world uh, if numbers you know if numbers uh, if you can make it work you, you would take six and probably take 3D ends 3D tackles here but uh, we'll, we'll have to see how things kind of play out but yeah um, the defensive line class was very light last year no defensive tackles and and, uh, you know at one point in time I think that Nebraska felt like yeah Malik Collins is probably going to be going pro but they were expecting Vincent Valentine to come back and then he goes pro, and then all of a sudden you have the departure of, of Greg McMullen and, and Kevin Williams. And uh, you know now this defensive tackle class is going to be very big for the Huskers here in this 2017 class. And what's crazy about it is – when you look back to, to see when the last time Nebraska had a defensive tackle commit and that was the Davis twins going back uh, to March of, of 2014 so that's a, a long time ago um, you know to go without a without landing a commit at that position and DeAndre Thomas could kind of put the end to that dry spell
1: you're listening here to the Husker online show as we wrap things up here with Nate Klaus talking recruiting and one thing that's different I think about how they've been doing recruiting now with the staff. Nate, is it's really a lot of pressure on the position coaches. The position coaches are kind of handling things um, outright. They're really no longer is this coach is in charge of Kansas city. This coach is in charge of Dallas. I mean, there's some of that with area recruiting, but the position recruiting specific stuff has really kind of uh, been the direction it's gone now.
4: Yeah, it's interesting because it's not there's there aren't too many programs out there that do it like Nebraska has been doing it, and, and I think initially that was kind of maybe just the easier way to kind of hit the ground running when this when this staff was initially hired in uh, you know December of a couple of years ago. So, it, it, but they haven't changed. I think a lot of people expected them to to kind of hone in on some different areas and you know, coaches that kind of take over in, in different cat, you know, different, uh, you know, areas across the country and, and really kind of hone in on those places. But they've maintained position specific recruiting. And, you know, a lot of it ma- does make sense because these are the guys that you're going to have in your in your meeting room for the next four or five years. So who better to, to develop a, a strong relationship with now than your potential position coach that you're going to be seeing every single day for the next four or five years once you get on campus. So <laughs> It makes a lot of sense there, and, and so far, Nebraska's having a lot of success.
1: And What are your big takeaways? I mean, this is the spring evaluation period. You get 180 total days on the road with nine coaches. So if you di- divide it up, every guy can be out an average of 20, but you can actually have some guys out more, some guys out less. You might have a guy out 25 days. It is mm-hmm. It just depends on how you want to break apart your days. Uh, but what have you noticed, I guess, in the first week plus uh, of – how Nebraska has kind of divvied out the road and they haven't really been putting out the maps, So it's it's kind of a little bit been a little bit harder to follow all the places they've been. Uh, But what's been your big takeaways?
4: It's kind of been more of a covert operation than what we've seen in the past with them putting out the maps and kind of announcing to the world exactly where they're going to be. But probably the biggest takeaway so far has been the amount of 2018 offers that we've seen there a lot of times you know in the spring evaluation period you you head out on the road and and you start offering you know kids who are in their junior year of high school getting ready to enter their senior year well nebraska got out ahead on the of the curve there and i think we're very active from signing day throughout uh, spring ball to offer a lot of those 2017 kids now they're they're you know taking the opportunity to get in front of these 2018 prospects and evaluate these guys in person, and, and then extend them uh, them offers following that. So they're getting ahead of that 2018 class right now, and and that's uh, I think that's going to be big going forward. You know, there's obviously a lot of momentum for 2017, and then you want to you know continue that momentum for 2018. And this is a good time to kind of get out ahead of a lot of other teams.
1: And as we, as we kind of wrap things up here and and talk recruiting with Nate Klaus, let's talk overall numbers. I know this is a question that you're going to get ask a million times, but I'm going to ask you again, this one, and we'll probably talk about it a lot, but are, are you still thinking this is a 25 man class? I mean, what is the, the numbers that you're hearing? I mean, cause when things are going as well as they're going, you want this class probably to be as big as possible.
4: Yeah, you want to be able to maximize, you know, every inch of space that you have in this class. And I think right now on the low end, you probably will see 23, 24. And then on the high end, you'll probably see 25, 26 right now. And obviously, things are very fluid. There's There could be, you know, departures from the program. There could be guys who transfer into the program. Medical scholarships. Medical scholarships. I mean, there's so many things that are going to happen between now and, you know, the time signing day rolls around that it's it's hard to, to put an exact number on it, but at this point in time, I would probably say 24, 25 is is the safe number to, to assume right now, and uh, and that that leaves Nebraska in a good spot. They've got seven commitments. They could be adding number eight with DeAndre Thomas, and and I think that's right where you want to be uh, heading into you know the spring evaluation period, and then of course into the camp season. You know, by the end of June, you could be a little over halfway done with your class.
1: Let's. I'm just going to run down the numbers real fast. So I just want you to fire out quarterback one to two. Yeah. Quarterback one to two. Uh, running back. One. One. Uh, fullback kind of remains to be seen.
4: Yeah. Fullback tight end. I think you could kind of lump those together because they do like to have a H back, you know, that could come out of the backfield blocking. I'd say three right there and, between tight end and H back.
1: And wide receiver would be four.
4: Four, maybe five. If there's a guy like Joseph Lewis, a five star out of California, you know, obviously he's a talent. You don't say no to.
1: And then offensive line, um, how many interior – they want three tackles, right?
4: Would like to have three tackles and then probably two interior um, prospects, so five total along the O-line.
1: And then five or six on the D-line. Mm-hmm. With If they go five, it would be three interior, two D-ends. If they go six, it would be three and three. Yes. Linebacker, three? Three. Um, and then safety and corner, how's that going to break I think we're going to
4: see only uh, two to three – total defensive backs probably two corners for sure and then a safety uh, right now that's kind of what the numbers dictate and you know we could see that you know become a little bit more fluid but look they signed a big defensive backs class last year and and they're they're really high on on a couple of difference makers like a Darnay Holmes at cornerback, Diamondor Lenore at cornerback and and uh, those are two guys that, that they really want to get and if they could get those two and then add another safety in the mix I think they'd be fine with shutting it down there.
1: Now the wild card on special teams would be kicker because Drew Brown is a junior um, do you want to get that guy in when Drew Brown's a senior to kind of le- be the backup and learn in redshirt? Or do you think they wait a whole other year on kicker?
4: I don't know. That, I think that's a good question. I, that remains to be seen how they're going to handle that. Obviously, with the punter situation with Sam Foltz going into his senior year, they wanted to have a guy behind him to learn and be ready to take over right away after a redshirt year. So they took a punter last year. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how they handle the kicking uh, recruiting going forward
1: well lots to talk about as we continue recruiting but uh that puts an end for today's show as uh make sure you're on huskeronline.com as well have full coverage of caleb lightborn not caleb lightborn uh, deandre <laughs> thomas's announcement uh and where things are, go- are going from there but uh, that puts a wrap for today's show
0: thanks again for joining us this week on huskeronline.com your authority on nebraska athletics